feeling like you're juggling endless tasks from content to proposals and everything in between? And if just thinking about adding content marketing to your list overwhelms you even more, I've got something for you. Introducing the Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit, your jumpstart to content marketing success. It's all about the four crucial decisions to clarify your plan and kickstart your content creation journey. I've walked your path since 2005, managing marketing and proposal deadlines. That's why I've crafted this kit to make your journey just a bit smoother. Let's face it, just getting started is often the hardest part, especially with new strategies. The Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit leads you through those vital early steps. It's about getting growth clarity, understanding your dream audience, and turning your existing content into pure gold. Are you ready to jumpstart your content marketing game? Visit marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit and snag your ultimate AEC content marketing starter kit. Let's conquer the content world one campaign at a time. Grab your starter kit now over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit. Hey there, welcome to the Marketers Take Flight podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Diven, founder of Marketers Take Flight and the creator of the Proposal Pro course. I am obsessed with helping AEC marketers just like you put order back into the proposal process, create winning strategies, and build the confidence and courage to advance your career. Each week, I will be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews to fly through the proposal turbulence and have your career take off. So let's dive right in. Okay. Hi, marketers. Welcome back to another episode of the Marketers Take Flight podcast. And today I have a real treat for you. Today I have on my friend, Gina Renee Autry. She is the marketing and communications leader for Klein Schmidt Associates. And we are going to talk about some really neat stuff that she was able to do at her firm last year. She was able to transform her technical staff into thought leadership campaigns that actually drove revenue and got her firm projects. So she is going to tell us how she did it last year. So you can take this and apply this to your firm. But before we get to that, let's meet Gina Renee for those of you who don't know her. So hi, Gina Renee. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. For those who don't know you, do you mind spending a minute or two and giving us an introduction of who you are and your career path so far and how you're helping Klein Schmidt today? Yes, ma'am, of course. So thank you again for having me. And I am a long-term marketer in the AEC industry. I've been doing this for 20 plus years and started out in the construction industry and moved over into engineering and then back to construction. My previous job before Kleinschmidt was with Gilbane Building Company that's based in Rhode Island. I worked in their Houston office for several years. And then I had the opportunity to move back to South Carolina to be closer to family and take the job with Kleinschmidt Associates. It was a great move for me. I loved working at Gilbane. They're a great firm. But this gave me an opportunity to really step into a role of leading the marketing efforts for a firm and being able to craft a marketing plan around their business strategy and really feel like I came into my own as a marketer. 
So it was definitely a good move for me. And even though I went from a very large company to a smaller mid-sized firm, it's been it's, it's challenging still, So which is great. So it's always good to feel challenged and, and feel like you have things that you can work toward and accomplish. So it's been a great experience. And I lead the marketing and communication efforts for Klein Schmidt, internal and external. I have a marketing assistant who reports to me that we just hired within the last six months. So that's been awesome. Her name is Jillian Cromer and fresh out of school. So it's great to have someone young and enthusiastic on board to help help out with these initiatives. And I work for Russ Sanford, who many in the AEC industry know. He does a lot of speaking engagements through SMPS and have really, we really just have a great team. And it's just been awesome to, to be able to create the program that we've created for Kleinschmidt. Well, that's great. Yes. I know Russ very well and got to know your team over there. And it is a great group. Yes. I'm a little jealous <laughs> you have the team <laughs> over there. So again, thank you. So today we're going to be talking about thought leadership, thought leadership campaigns, or the mm-hmm. thought leadership campaign or marketing efforts that you put together last year in 2020, because in a lot of these were prompted due to COVID, right? Correct. So explain mm-hmm. to us the situation or, or how you guys did business development pre-COVID and how you had to shift that because of everything in 2020. Yes, ma'am. So the business development model for Kleinschmidt was pretty much around conference participation. And I think for a lot of the mid-sized firms that, you know, that's the case, you know, when it comes to engineering. And so it would be numerous people go to the conferences, you know, the industry associations put on each year. And that's where they would meet with the clients, engage with the clients, do client events, and be able to have that face-to-face and one-on-one time with the clients to help grow the business. Mm-hmm. With COVID, all of that changed. As yeah. all marketers know, everything shifted. And it was really a great year to be a marketer from my perspective. I think it gave us an opportunity to really step up to the plate and show our value to the firms that we work for. So since the conference participation was, you know, virtually non-existent, the ones that we did still have on deck were virtual, mm-hmm. which is a challenge to, you know, get that FaceTime with your clients at a virtual conference. That's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. And some of the conferences did a better job of managing that than others. And it was a learning experience for everybody all the way around. But it really just cut out a lot of the engagement that mm-hmm. they previously had. So we had to look at other ways. Uh, to engage with our clients. And luckily, I work in a firm that has some amazing thought leaders um, and people who are known in the industry. And I'll use one of them as a good example. His name is Chris Goodell. He works in our H&H group, and, which is hydraulics and hydrology. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he does HECRAS training workshops. And we used to do them live as a live in-person training event. And so some of those things, you know, those kind of things where we were engaging with people went away as well. And all of those had to shift to virtual. Mm -hmm. So we took his HECRAS workshop and turned it into a six week webinar series because nobody wants to sit through three straight days of a webinar. So we broke it up into more palatable segments. So every Wednesday for six weeks, Mm -hmm. we would have a four hour webinar. This was something that people paid for to participate in because they were learning how to use a, a program that is, you know, widely used in the H&H world. Okay. And on top of that, Chris and Ben Carey, who works with him, developed a vodcast. 
and that we were able to market. And they basically got on their computers and did a one-hour segment similar to what you're doing here, and except they added the video component to it and would like answer questions that Chris would get off of our website or on the blog and take those questions and turn them into learning experiences that they would share with a listenership mm. so and a viewership. So they developed that, and it really drove our website presence and helped with our brand recognition. And he was getting a thousand people viewing his video after the first week, which was just phenomenal. Yeah. He also was able to get, you know, a very good attendance, much higher than the attendance he was getting in person because it was cheaper for people not to have to travel and have the travel expense Mm and be out of the office. Exactly. Be out of the office. And a lot of people, you know, were able to participate that might not have been able to do so if it had been a live event. We took those and marketed them very heavily through social media, mainly LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a phenomenal platform. And we did not do any paid advertisements. It was all just pushing out our post. And we did one PR around it. But then we also were able to target our industry associations and they would run the information in their newsletters which gave us another big boost. So anyone who, if you're engaged with industry associations like us, it's, you know, it's the National Hydropower Association or the United States Dam Safety Association. Mm -hmm. I always laugh at that one. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Russ always laugh at that dam safety. (laughs) It's a dam safety, you know, dam safety conference. But any of, you know, all of our industry associations, if you have those, target those people because you pay money to participate in those. And you should get something back out of that. So reach out to those people. And they are usually more than more than willing to run your content because they're always looking for content for their newsletters. Right. And so that was a great avenue for us to really boost our readership and get people more engaged and aware of what we were doing. And we did do a few targeted ads with our industry associations and their publications to push that out. But the overall cost was minimal. We kept the cost very, very low. And like I said, most of the advertising we did was free. So it Mm. it worked out wonderfully. Mm. And we were able to push all that out, market him heavily and, you know, really help grow his personal brand and Ben's personal brand as being those go-to experts for all things HECRAS through the blog, through the website, through their vodcast. We set up a knowledge hub on our website so that people could go there to see their vodcast and to read his papers and to see his blog. So we, you know, made some adjustments to our website to accommodate all of this stuff as well. Yeah, um, let me, let's unpack that knowledge yeah. hub a little bit because I, at my company, Full Sail Partners, we're undergoing a website redesign and mm-hmm. it, a lot of it is around these knowledge hubs in this kind right. of, I think a relatively, not a new concept, but I think it's gaining in popularity. So can you explain like what a knowledge hub is and what's on it and how you yes. guys created it? Yes. So we used to have like a news and resources page on our website where we kind of have our technical papers and press releases. It was kind of just all, you know, in one in one spot and mm-hmm. you kind of had to, you know, dig through it a little bit to find what you were looking for. So we took a different approach and really the things that we want to highlight and call out to people. So we took the knowledge hub and we still have our press releases and our professional development courses, our technical papers the RAS Solution blog, which is Chris's blog, <laughs> the McBreach software that Chris designed, and we launched free of charge to the industry, and then their full momentum podcast. And 
we segmented it. So when you go to the Knowledge Hub, it's very easily identifiable what's there by segment. And it's branded. You know, each one has their own little image. And, you know, it's laid out in like a grid format. So it's super user friendly. And now when you click through and you can go to exactly what you're looking for. So it's a page on your website that just Correct. basically serves as like a table of contents for these specific topics. Yes, in a very visual way. Mm-hmm. So like even when you click through the technical papers and presentations, it pops up another grid that's very visual. Mm-hmm. And it gives you like a, a little paragraph out of the white paper or the thought leadership piece that's being highlighted. And then you can click the button to keep reading. And there's a photo mm-hmm. there. It makes it just more engaging for your end user. We also on the on the right hand side of the page, you know, have our Twitter feed scrolling so people can kind of see what we've been up to on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we have a link to our STEM center where we kind of use that to educate young people who are looking to go into careers in science, technology, or engineering. And then we also have our events over there, or they can connect with the communications team, which is yours truly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, we wanted to give people a place where they could go if they're looking to learn something or want to know more about a project that they might be working on. Like if they have a fish passage project that they're that they really want to find out more about what we know about fish passage, mm-hmm. then they can go to our knowledge hub, go directly to our technical papers and presentations and see see that knowledge there readily available to them. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I think on the way that those Knowledge Hub pages are designed mm-hmm. on the back end and indexed with like Google, it yes. helps with SEO as well. Oh, right? definitely. Yes, definitely helps with SEO. And the other great thing is we use HubSpot to you know handle all of our web traffic and social media and, and e-blast all of our mm-hmm. marketing campaigns. And being able to track someone when they come in and maybe we've posted something on LinkedIn They've come to the website to look at something and then they end up looking at something else on the website, downloading something. We're able to track all of that activity. So using those analytics to really say, okay, people are really interested in fish passage right now. We need to push out some more content on social media and, you know, highlight it on our website a little bit more. So it really helps you be able to hone your message as as to what people are looking for and what they're interested in. Oh, that's interesting. Which has been a big, big help as well. So anyway, we marketed heavily the, you know, his HECRAS webinar series. It was highly successful and actually led to several opportunities and some teaming uh, opportunities as well. So we were super excited about that. The other one that we really worked on was with our pen stock. It started with a white paper. And I know white papers can be a challenge because, you know, a lot of times technical staff don't have time mm-hmm. to really focus on writing content. So we actually partnered with an external writer to make the process a little bit easier for our team. And it made it go very, very smooth. So our technical staff were basically interviewed by our writer. And then he drafted the paper. And then they would get to provide edits and commentary. And then we would get to a final point. Mm -hmm. Made the process a quarter of the time that it would normally take to get a white paper done. And And probably better content. Yes, yes. And, you know, having someone who that was their sole job was doing white papers, I think is very important to pick someone who that's, that's their area. And that's what they're good at. To help you with something like that's very important. And we were able to get that thought leadership piece done and end up doing a webinar. We were invited to do a webinar because it kind of got around the circuit in our industry associations. Several of the publications picked it up and ran it for us and linked over to the white paper. 
And then we were asked to do a webinar in Canada with one of our industry associations. And that actually led to an opportunity. So being able to tie back these salt leadership pieces and our people being able to build their recognition in the industry as salt leaders was super beneficial. And we did that with several people, including the Penstock paper. We also had Offshore Wind, a lady that we have on staff. Her name's Kim Fitzgibbons, and she's our offshore wind expert and all things around NEPA, which is the National Environmental mm-hmm. Protection Agency. And she's going to be doing some trainings coming up this year in 2021, where we're going to be doing the same webinar type trainings and thought leadership that we were doing for Chris with the HECRAS. Hmm. So it definitely adjusted our plans as to how we're, how we've changed our marketing plan going forward for, you know, 2021 and making those adjustments due to COVID. It really, you know, has been like a really big success story for us. So it's been an awesome experience to, to work through all those challenges during 2020 and be able to come out on the other side and, and, and see those successes. I just wanted to pop in here to personally invite you to download my latest free resource, the Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit. If you struggle to get started with your content marketing from not knowing how to start, from having time to create content, this starter kit is your secret sauce. In just four key decisions, this kit sets you up for marketing success, even if you're swamped with deadlines. Ready to dive in? Visit marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit and grab yours today. Yeah. Okay. So these thought leadership pieces, these marketing strategies sound Mm -hmm. really exciting. It sounds like you started with Chris and then Chris and Ben and then some of these other ones. How much time... Like, how did you get the technical staff even engaged? And like, how much time did they need to spend on this effort versus your work with them? Gotcha. So with Chris, it was a a really unique situation. He's he's been doing this kind of stuff for quite some time. So he's he's used to it. He was doing it live, but we just transitioned virtual. But he's very much on board and sees the value in marketing. So he was, you know, I call him a gold nugget for a marketer because he's one of those people who gets it and who is willing to jump in and do what needs to be done. His time that he spent, he he did devote a lot of his personal time to some of the materials that were developed and especially for the full momentum podcast. He and Ben both donated, you know, personal time to that effort because it was something they both really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. With the other technical staff, it's a great thing to be busy. So you have technical staff who are, you know, nearing that point of being fully utilized. Mm-hmm. So it is a challenge at times to carve out that time that's needed to develop these thought leadership pieces or these technical papers. And the good thing is, is that you can develop a thought leadership piece much faster than an actual white paper. So the thought leadership pieces move much more quickly. From a marketing perspective, I was driving that effort as far as making sure that people were doing their interviews and just trying to keep things moving, moving smoothly and moving on schedule. So I was kind of like the taskmaster with the schedule and things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to the marketing piece, that's where I really where my time was really invested. Mm -hmm. So developing the graphics for, you know, for the advertisements or developing the posts for social media, developing the content for the website, 
getting things put into a nice template that was visually engaging and nice to look at and not just not just a word document. <laughs> right, right. So that was where a lot of my time was spent was in the development of getting things to look nice and then developing all the things that were going to be pushed out externally and engaging with those industry associations. So that's where mm-hmm. the relationships really come in mm-hmm. is having good relationships that you're constantly building with these industry associations so that when you reach out to someone and say, hey, I've got this great thought leadership piece. Would you mind putting this in your newsletter? Or can you direct me to who I need to talk to? Because usually you're advertising people are different than your content people. So learning who was who in the industry associations and then building those relationships with them was, you know, where some of my time went as well. Mm-hmm. And being able to know who to reach out to and push things out to to get more brand recognition for us and get things pushed out so that we were getting more traffic to the registrations and to the to the white papers, to the website and to the social media post. And getting those industry associations to share our stuff on social yeah. media, tag mm-hmm. us in it, you know, and, and having that relationship with them there as well really helped. So I think building those relationships with your industry associations is, is very vital, especially for a, a smaller or mid-sized firm, mm-hmm. because that's where you're going to get the free advertising and the free boost mm-hmm. instead of having to pay yeah. for some of that. So, which is always great, you know, free is always great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's, and I think it's a relationship and then yeah. having the good content, like having yes. content that appeals to their members. Right. It'll make it, it's kind of makes it a no brainer for Correct. them to share. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with your technical staff and having those people in your organization who really want to see those kind of things push forward. And I'm very fortunate to have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the leadership team at Kleinschmidt is very, well aware of the importance of this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's pushed from the top down and it doesn't get any better than that. You know, yeah, when yeah. you have that support from your leadership of, yes, we need to be doing this. And they're, you know, really pushing that message down and, and letting everyone know that this is an important thing that needs to happen. And you have that buy-in from them, then it makes the other buy-in much easier to come by. hmm and now that you've done the first couple and you're seeing the success, I'm sure it's making it easier oh, yes. and easier <laughs> to yeah, get so, buy-in and budgets. Right. And so we started the 2021 planning process and, you know, we had all this great content and great information and great stats that we could show. And all of a sudden it's like, we need to do webinars on this and we've got to do some thought leadership here. And so everybody's kind of getting on board. So it's super exciting. As a marketer, you're like, yes, they're, you know, everybody's seeing the value of this. So it's just super exciting. And I, I get very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live for is Yeah, know, yeah. It's like, all right, they're seeing the value. This is fantastic. And like I said, if you can get one person in your firm who has that thought leadership and has the knowledge that they can share on something and you can work with them and show the rest of the firm how how that works, I guarantee you're going to get buy-in for the next one that comes up. And the buy-in is going to come from a broader segment of the company. And you're going to have people who are like, yeah, you know, I'd like to participate. I'd like to put this information out there. And once they see how it works, I think is, is the biggest hurdle. Yeah. Now you mentioned that when you guys started doing your 2021 planning, you brought some of the stats and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for these campaigns, let's talk about what you, tr- what you tracked. Right. Obviously for like a webinar, the webinar series registrations, right? That's correct. And it was your goal. But right. for some of these other ones, like the vodcast or the 
white papers, you know, stuff that are a little bit more, you know, they're not as exact as right. of a conversion as a webinar registration. What what are some of the other things that you are tracking or monitoring? Right. So obviously for the, particularly for the HECRAS, you know, it was tracking the registrations, but we also tracked our time spent because we wanted to, you know, make sure that it was bringing value and not, you know, all of our time being spent and not have anything to show for it kind of mm-hmm. situation. So we tracked everything from the registrants to our time spent to clicks on ads to the amount of industry associations who picked up our content. Mm-hmm. I, I literally tracked everything, you know, every mm-hmm. e-blast that went out, we were tracking clicks and opens and downloads. And if people were going to the vodcast, we're able to see those views through YouTube. And now that we have them on our website, I can now see them through HubSpot as well. When it first started, we, it was just on YouTube. And then when we got the Knowledge Hub built out and put them on our website, we were able to see a full view of how that worked. And it was very interesting because people would come on for the vodcast, but then they would go to the blog. And then they might go and look at them at Breach Software. And we had 600 downloads of the software within six months. Wow. Which was phenomenal. And granted, we're giving that software away for free, but we also won an award with the Environmental Business Journal for doing so because it was giving back to the community because a lot of that is around dam breach. Mm. And when a dam breaches the emergency preparedness and being able to model, you know, what would happen if the dam breached and who would be impacted. So they looked at it as a, you know, we were doing something that was very humanitarian. So we won an award for that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. And then I noticed they would go and look at our team to see, you know, read more about who Chris was or who Ben was. And then they would maybe go and look at what we do. So it was very interesting to be able to track and see what all they looked at once they came on for one thing Mm -hmm. and and be able to follow them through that whole process, especially the ones that ended up turning up being opportunities. Those are the ones that would typically come on and they would be on several things and come back several times. And we were able to see all that on the back end through HubSpot. Yeah. And then you said that, especially the ones that turned into opportunities mm-hmm. at that point, I know HubSpot allows you to track a lot of things. And sometimes some firms, once they hit a certain number of pages or views or whatever, and you know, HubSpot alerts somebody to call them. Right. But are you guys doing that? Or are you, are you just waiting for that person, that viewer on your website to reach out? Like, do you guys have like a contact form? We are not reaching out. The next phase of our HubSpot adventure, I will call it, <laughs> is is integrating the part of, of turning it into tracking the leads. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're just tracking the activity. And then when they turn into an opportunity, I'm following it through with the with the PM or the person that's, you know, involved in the in the opportunity or the project. Okay. So we don't really have it set up yet to to be a lead generator as far as like automatically emailing someone. I do have a report that I run and a dashboard that I run for our growth group, our strategic growth group, mm-hmm. that they're able to go out and, and see things. And there are some things that you can see where you're like, okay, this person's been on here looking at everything about Fish Passage. And I know this guy. Let me reach out and see what's going on and mm-hmm. see how I can help them mm-hmm. without being big brother about it. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> saw you on our website. Yeah, no, don't say that. <laughs> 30 seconds after they click off your website, somebody calls them. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, let's wait a couple of days and <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah, it's that we just haven't got to that level yet. But right. I, I foresee it getting to that point at some point. Yeah. 
So when it turns into an opportunity, it's either the client or the potential client reaching out Correct. to somebody on the contact page, or yep. it just so happens through the normal course of business, they're talking to some of your folks. Yes, yes. Either the contact the contact us is, is the most predominant form that these these have come from. The other one is that during the some of the classes with the HECRAS, the conversations would start and then continue offline mm-hmm. after the webinar was over. And they would, we actually had a Teams page set up for the participants where we were sharing information and documents because they would have homework in between the, the courses and, or they call them workshops. And they would engage with them there and then start a conversation and it yeah. would end up being a phone call or, you know, a Teams call. And so some of it came from interaction directly during the webinar mm-hmm. or directly after the webinar. And then the rest of it would come through the website as a contact us. Awesome. Awesome. And you were able to then, if they turned into an opportunity, mm-hmm. attribute that opportunity back to that marketing campaign. Correct. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Then that way, if it, you know, it turns into a proposal and then a project, it's all attributed back to that initial webinar or Correct. thought leadership piece. Yes, ma'am. It's one of the hurdles that marketers have, I think, is making yeah. sure that you're doing all this effort, you're putting on all these webinars or thought leadership pieces or white papers mm-hmm. that when it turns into an opportunity and then eventually a project, it gets attributed back to the right place. Right. And that just comes back to good old fashioned legwork of mm-hmm. staying in touch with the PM or the person that's working on the technical person that's working on it to stay in that loop. Mm-hmm. And making sure you're circling back because I've been doing my circle backs here, you know, <laughs> for a little, for a few months, and you know, making sure that the ones that did turn into actual jobs were accredited back, and that when I do when you know when I perform my year end summary, that all of that gets included in there in the report that I give to my leadership team at the end of the year. That's great. That's great. Okay, so I'm just like blown away. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope this gives everybody some ideas on some thought leadership pieces or some thought leadership marketing strategies, especially now where we're into 2021, in-person conferences still are a little uncertain. Mm -hmm. We still need to be creative on the marketing side, I think, to get our our experts visible to our clients and our potential clients and our specialties. Okay. So as we close up today, I always end each interview with rapid fire questions. Are you ready for those? I am ready. Okay. Question number one, what is your number one piece of advice for marketers who are new to the AEC industry? Marketers that are new to the AEC industry. This is a very unique industry when you, when you start marketing to the AEC world. It's not like product marketing or marketing for a department store or a a Nike. It's very different. And you have to take an approach of being people-centered. And that means developing those relationships with your technical staff, with your engineers, with the experts in your company who you are going to be representing to the world. Mm -hmm. So I think, to me, develop the relationships with your technical staff and others in your company that you're going to need to be able to successfully do your job. Excellent advice. Okay, question number two. What has been your favorite or most memorable win? I actually have to say, honestly, that just being able to feel like I had an impact for the company, for Klein Schmidt in 2020, has been the most memorable for me. 
a very tumultuous, painful year for many mm-hmm. with a lot of things that kind of bring you down and a lot of people worrying about, you know, how to navigate this new normal of doing business. And so I think really just being able to find a, a path through all that and being able to help my firm and being able to really show the value that marketing can bring to to my firm was like a, a really just a highlight of my career to me, wow. you know, in a very tough year. So it was, even though it was a very, very tough, hard year, there was so much to be thankful for. And finding those good moments and being able to feel like I made a difference for my firm was was definitely one of those. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Okay, last question for today. What are you excited about? I am excited about continuing this program and just being able to see, you know, see the firm grow and and see where this goes. I'm really excited to also have a young person join me and being able to mentor someone and help them in their career and help them to grow and learn. And I'm just really excited for the next year and to see what it holds and to see how, how much further we can, you know, take this. I love marketing. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. So I'm just excited to see what the next year holds. And I think it's going to be great. Well, thank you again for coming on the show today. Your excitement and passion for marketing is very contagious. So I hope a lot of our listeners caught it too and get energized to deploy some of these ideas at their firm. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. 